Uh, thank you again for joining us for another episode of the Jones Underground Podcast. Had a championship weekend this weekend in the NFL. Um, first topics, the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers handling business. <clears throat> uh, we got um, a little more of the um, NBA going on with the Lakers and the Rockets having a little bit of an epic showdown on the Saturday night. We got build-up going into Deontay Wilder versus um, Tyson Fury. Um, another epic heavyweight title match for the lineal championship, as well as a few belts going on the line. And also a little more on the relationship advice tip, you know, a few questions and answers there. But first... I want to go into the Kansas City Chiefs doing whatever it took to take care of business with the Tennessee Titans. They knew what they had to do against the Titans. They took care of they took care of my man Henry, made sure that he couldn't get going on them. And even though it got tight, even though they had a slow start, they they played a very physical game. The defense came to play today. They didn't let this game go into a track meet. The offense actually started running the ball on the Titans and kept their guys on the sideline. And then when the game got close, the defense made plays getting sacks at the end of the game and turning that game on a dime. You got to look at the way football is being played these days. It used to be, and a couple of years ago, it's all check downs, and the running game was almost non-existent. You know, it used to be throwing the ball across the field for you know 60-yard gains and the quick strikes, and now you look at the quarterbacks having to be able to run, having to be able to use their legs, having to be able to scramble and get out of the pocket. And not only that, looking at the teams using their running game now to set the pace for everything, so. Well, they used to come to the line and try to set you up in shotgun. Now they use the shotgun as a viable option to run the ball on you. And the teams that ran the ball and played defense good are the teams that won, which is kind of old school football in its core. You know, not only that, when the games got tight, the teams that won had defenses out there that was not letting, wasn't going to be no comeback. We're not playing prevent. We're not dropping back in three and four deep zones. We're playing man-to-man, and we're coming to get your quarterback. And it was just shocking to see uh, the Kansas City Chiefs get to their first Super Bowl in 50 years. You know, I know <laughs> in St. Louis it's like, no, we don't have a football team no more. But the little time that we did have a football team, they made it to two Super Bowls, and the Chiefs hadn't made it to one in 50 years. So, big ups to them for getting to the Super Bowl and, you know, and being favorite to win it. <clears throat> On the other side, we got the San Francisco 49ers. I'm not a San Francisco 49er fan, but the way that they hit hard on defense, the way that they ran the ball on the Green Bay Packers today, the way that they had pressure on Aaron Rodgers, we already know that this is going to be a tough, tough go for the Packers to go to California and beat them. We already know that it was going to be a hard task for them to go in and beat that team, but the 
way that they came in and played, the way that they came in and took care of what they had to take care of, you know, the defense, they got Nick Bosa. He don't look like a rookie. You know, he look like he's out there making moves like the markets were or like a Reggie White back in the day, man. I mean, it was a couple of plays where they had him single covered and he essentially threw a 300-pound man out of his way to go make plays in the backfield. And anytime, and we're not even talking about Rucker. We're not even talking about the other guys on the defensive line who was out there taking care of business. And not only that, their offense, they no heroes on their offense. Each one of those guys, you got a tight end that's all pro, and he does everything. You got wide receivers who any one of them can beat you on any given play. And then you got running backs. They got three of them, and any one of them can go for 100 yards in you on any given day. So they, they play as a unit. They play as a unit, a single unit. And it was a team win that they came out and beat the Green Bay Packers today. And I just want to give them a, you know, of course, you know, we following the Rams and the Seahawks. I don't really like the 49ers. Just some strength, you know. To me, it's kind of like the Jordan thing where when Jordan was doing good, they just won every year. And he just wanted, you know, another team to win, you know. Jordan, I didn't like Jordan because I was a Lakers fan. So when Jordan started winning, he beat the Lakers. And I took that loss, well, you know, especially the way he beat him five games. It was like, man, he just, like, he took my hero in Magic Johnson and made him look human out here, <laughs> you know. But, and the 49ers were doing that back in the 80s, you know, with Jerry Rice and Joe Montana. And um, <clears throat> they were doing it to those guys. And now you got a whole new team up here. And you can't even name, you know, other than um, Sanders, you really can't name a lot of their offensive players, Kittle, they quarterback Garofalo, but he ain't out here looking like, you know, he ain't looking like Tom Brady or nothing, but the dude's out here making plays. He can do what they need to do to win. And, you know, the team, the way it's constructed, they, they play tough, man. They play hard. You know, you saw Green Bay literally get the soul beat out of them. You know, you saw their heart get snatched. And you got to beat them. You may get a lead here on the 49ers. You may, you know, get up a touchdown on them, maybe. But you got to beat them for four quarters. And the way that they play, you know, when a receiver makes a catch, the defense is on them. They don't miss a lot of tackles. They don't skip a beat. Their offense, they had their first three and out where they was like, all right, we tried to run the ball three straight times. They got us off the field. All right. Then they come back and run for a 34-yard touchdown. They're not letting up on you, you know. So we look forward to seeing a very good Super Bowl. Um, tight defense versus tight offense. Um, Kansas City should be favored in this one, but we'll see how it goes, man. We've got two weeks to build up on this. And we're going into the month of February with some exciting sports already. Um <clears throat> We had the Houston Rockets versus the Los Angeles Lakers on a Saturday night primetime television, network television. And it did not disappoint. The Houston Rockets, for most of the time I watched the game, had a lead in this game. Um, they were attacking. 
They were shooting threes. They were hitting them. They were moving the ball pretty well. And it all fell apart. And it all fell apart because then the Lakers started doing what they do. Not just in the way that they make the moves to get open and hit shots on you. The fact that they offense for the Lakers is key by what they do on defense. The moment you start trying to go in, the moment you start trying to do layups, the moment you start trying to do too much moves with the ball and the Lakers defender starts swarming on you, it's like whenever it still happened or a loose ball got grabbed or whenever somebody grabbed a rebound, it's like LeBron is somewhere and they know where he is. And he's getting the ball. He's leading them down the floor. And they're running what it looks like a motion offense, but they're running somebody into the corner. But while they're running somebody into the corner, they're running one of the guards or one of the wings under the rim. Houston could not stop that. A lot of the Lakers' buckets in the fourth quarter came off layups from back cuts, backdoor cuts, with LeBron sitting at the top of the key. Yeah, a lot of the screening at the top and LeBron shooting three-pointers, He's a he shoots a lot of threes, and I don't really like that situation as much. But, yeah, if you're winning, it's good. But you can live and die by that. And Houston died by the three-pointer because when the fourth quarter came, and somebody got to tell them about load management. Y'all don't need to score 150 points every game. Because when you start doing that with James Harden's putting up 40 shots every game, we're looking in with January, and now he gets in the fourth quarter, and those shots are breaking. And they wasn't in L.A. They was in Houston on this game. And a lot of those shots started falling off the rim. Bam, bam, bam. Started turning into rebounds start getting the Lakers into their offense. Meanwhile, on the other end, the Lakers are running backdoor cuts for easy layups. And when they're not, they cut into the rim or driving on defenders and they don't have any help coming because they're so afraid to step off one of the three-point shooters the Lakers have. The Lakers have a perfect balance where you got, when Anthony Davis comes back, you have him where he can post you out on the wing or step you into the high post. But then you have between two and three other people, everybody out there can shoot threes on you. When they have a JaVale McGee or they have a Dwight Howard in, they're pretty much in there to set screens. They're pretty much in there to catch lobs. They're not trying to do anything other than that. And even when they have the ball in their hand, you have a LeBron or a Rondo or Avery Bradley coming to get the ball from them. And Kyle Kuzma off the bench, watch this guy grow, man. This guy is coming, you know. This guy is, you know, I had a slight criticism that, man, this dude shoots a lot of jumpers. But, you know, as he starts to play within the offense, you start seeing him cut to the rim. You start seeing him get his face in there and scrap for rebounds a little bit. You know, he's starting to set screens like a stretch forward. And, you know, it's good to easily have a dude that you can, like, dump the ball to out on the wing and he can do, he can score from anywhere. But it's good to have a dude that you can watch him run off a screen or watch him set up a smaller defender in the post, you know, 
complete his game, and that's what I say, man. They're bringing him along pretty nicely. He's developing into a really good, solid third option for him, and it's fun to watch the Lakers the way that they won because they this wasn't no easy win, you know, until it got to the fourth quarter. And Houston was running their game on them, but somebody in Houston got to let them know. They got to they living and dying on the three-pointer right now. They living and dying on pick and roll or die. Pick and roll three-pointer. Come on now. Your, your coach is supposed to be an offensive genius. He's supposed to be able to come up, this, come, up this, come up, run a quick back screen and shoot. Not just James Harden on five other defenders. <laughs> Step back three. That's not good offense. And if it don't fall, then what? You lose like they lost tonight. Yeah, that step back three in the first and second quarter was falling. Fourth quarter, step back three ain't so good. So, <laughs> we'll see how that goes uh, when it comes to that. We're looking at a lot of build-up and hype for Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. Man, when I say this fight, to me, can go either way. Because Tyson Fury, they had him on video talking a lot of stuff about how you know, he's, he's studying Deontay Wilder. You know, to me, he said to him, Deontay Wilder, another bum on the street. And I can say to a degree, he right. You know, if if you take Deontay Wilder, the one thing we all looking for away from him, if he his boxing skill set, if you can just go in there and box him for 12 rounds, you can beat him. You can box him for 12 rounds. That's fine. The problem is you can box him for seven or eight, nine rounds and get hit by that right hand and psh, all your points gone. <laughs> so Tyson Fury talk a mean game, but, you know, he barely survived the last time they fought. Like, that was a very suspect eight count when he got knocked out in the 12th round of that last fight. I mean, I'm going to give him credit for getting up and going back in and fighting, but... If, it, if, he, if he wasn't Tyson Fury, if he wasn't a champion, if it wasn't so much on the line during that fight, then I don't think I think they would have called something. Another ref would have called that fight because he wasn't even supposed to be fighting Tyson Fury when they fought. He's supposed to be fighting Anthony Joshua, but they would not make the fight. And once again, what's Anthony Joshua gonna do? How is he gonna look in his next fight? Who is he gonna take on after beating Andy Ruiz? We don't know. All I know is the man got four belts, and he needs to start putting them up, <laughs> you know. And he need to, he need to call Tyson Fury. He need to call up Deontay Wilder. We need to see these guys get in here. People want to see it. The money's there. Let's get this fight made. But in the meantime, we got Tyson Fury. We got Deontay Wilder. We got the lineal champion versus probably one of the most feared punches in the heavyweight game 41 42 and 0 you know 11 straight title defenses everybody that has stepped in the ring with this man has gone down <laughs> you know so hey you can get in here and you can talk about however you want to talk about he ain't a good boxer he not technically sound the man take way too many punches and he telegraphing if he telegraphed his right hand so much, how many, why is there so many people getting hit by it? So, we just got to understand that 
It's boxing at its purest form. You know, you got Tyson Fury, somebody who can get in there and shake and move, who uses the whole ring, who uses a complete game, jabs you, def- <laughs> jabs you to death if he needs to. Complete package versus um, the right hand from hell. We'll call it that, the right hand from hell. And we'll see what happens on that fight. You know, we're looking forward to seeing that. Um <clears throat> We got a weird, odd question this week, you know, and before we get into that, had a wonderful weekend with the kids, really enjoyed this weekend, spending time with them, Um, daughter had a friend come through and, you know, he was, you know, kind of showed me some new stuff, new things to get into, and it's weird how listening to teenagers talk about their issues And the teenagers are having the same issues that grown people are having. So, you know, then my my grandma turned 90 years old and we had a party for her today. And it was just a wonderful situation there to kind of spend time with grandma and and, and the family. This is a whole, you know, I don't really get the chance to take my kids to see the family. And, you know, I don't have them every weekend. I have them every other weekend. But... You know, for them to spend time and hug on their aunties and cousins and aunties and great aunts and grandma and great grandma, you know, is, you know, it, it, <clears throat> you know, for me, you know, I lost my mom about a few years ago. Family needs to be more important to me. I need to make more time to have my family around my family, <laughs> you know, have my kids with my sisters and my cousins and. Because we're very close, you know, and I don't want to lose that closeness. I don't want my kids asking me, who is this and this your cousin, <laughs> you know. So, really important to take the time out and spend time with family. Really enjoyed, you know, getting that time with them and, you know, spending the time with the kids. Even if it's just laying up in the house and, you know, showing my daughter how to work a bank account and, you know, helping her open a bank account and, doing that kind of stuff, um, you know, kind of working with her on getting her driver's license. And the help that I'm getting with that, I've got team members that are helping out. And, you know, as a dad, especially, when you're doing it by yourself, it's good to have somebody step in to help out. <clears throat> All right. Um, but, yeah, the relationship question, we're looking at, are you stupid for being with somebody who cheated on you? Okay. Then you have to ask yourself another question. How often does this person cheat on you? Or or, or are you cheating on them? Are you looking for some get back? We're not looking into being cheated on as the end all and be all. Some people can survive being cheated on. But if this thing happens constantly, then no, you probably need to leave that situation alone because it's not just the respect issue. Somebody's literally going out disrespecting you and it's not good to be disrespected. But then too, can you trust that they're being protected? Can you trust that, you know, that this person ain't going to go out and catch something and bring it home to you? Which is the issue you have when you, you know, mess with somebody that's out there messing with other people, you know? So, you know, we all like to say we in a situation or, in, you know, we're dealing with partners that are 
not out there into that type of situation, but how would you know, you know? And when it comes to light, you know, you have to question everything. If this person will lie to you about who they dealing with and when, then how do you know they was protected? How do you know their judgment is in question? So, you know, if this was just a one-time thing, then, you know, you know, you have to do some soul searching, get a little bit of counseling on that, do a little bit of soul searching. You know, sit down and have that talk, you know, because the last thing you need to do is have that in the back of your head when you laying down with somebody at night. Is this person faithful? You know, or are you being faithful? You know, and, and, and that's the question. That's a big thing. Or are you faithful to the person? This is that type of relationship. A lot of people are what I would like to call in the in-between relationship where um, <clears throat> y'all live with each other, but y'all doing what y'all want to do when y'all ain't around each other. And if that's what you're comfortable with, then that's fine. Then. I ain't knocking nobody's situation. But when you're in a quote-unquote, uh, what we call exclusive relationship, and that exclusivity is being broken, then, you know, whether I don't care whatever the reason is. If y'all financially dependent on each other, and if y'all got kids together and stuff like that, you have to make the decision on, is this right for you? You know, because at the end of the day, your peace of mind is worth more than uh, whatever somebody bringing in the bedroom or what not what they're not bringing into the bedroom. And yeah, you shouldn't take searching somebody's phone and looking their location up on locations and stuff. You know, if you have to do all that, then you can't trust somebody where you constantly looking every time their phone bleep up. You know, then you need to leave that situation alone, you know, because at the end of the day, if somebody constantly, you know, if you broke up because this person cheated on you and you went back to it, then you already have that in your head and that's going to tear your relationship up. I've been on both ends of that, you know, and being honest. You know, when somebody knows that you did something and it can be proven to you and you get caught in that, that relationship ain't never the same. It ain't never gonna be right. You know, that person, yo, <laughs> me being a man, your woman ain't never gonna trust you. You know, every single time you working late or you not at home or you hanging out with the guys and stuff like that, it's gonna be a question mark. Sometimes that drive you to, you know, getting that error. And you gotta understand that it's better to just sometimes walk I let the relationship go, then the cheat. You know, hey, man, this ain't working out. I'm not getting everything that I want out of this. And maybe we need to go our separate ways. I don't want to step out on you. It's, and it's hard for sometimes, like me personally, it's hard for me to tell people no. It's hard for me to walk away from people when they do love you and stuff like that. But sometimes you just don't want to put people through stuff that's unnecessary. Now, people could say that. Oh, I'd rather somebody leave me to cheat on me. Then when somebody try to leave you, it's no, <laughs> you know. But we got to be grown. If you love something, you got to learn to let it go. You got to learn, like I say, to make yourself happy so that when this person is not bringing what they need to bring into your relationship, you can, hey, I don't want to be cheated on. Um, I'm going to, um, we said we're doing an episode focused on domestic violence, but I'm going to just give a quick segment here on it. Anytime a man puts, in, you know, in, in a few cases, it's women, 
But if you physically feel like you have to lay hands on somebody for any reason, cheating, whatever, walk away from the situation. Domestic violence is the number one cause of homelessness in women in the Midwest. Domestic violence is literally having people out. It's 14 degrees. It's literally putting people out in the cold. You know, and there are some people who don't know where to turn. Or, you know, they, they their life is literally in danger trying to leave a violent situation. It's way too many people, way too many families have way too many people sleeping in graves because of domestic violence and it's not being, nobody saying anything. And it's not just affecting, you know, relationships as far as men and women being in relationships. Sometimes it's women in relationships with other women and men in relationships with other men. Or sometimes it's abuse going on between a parent and a child. But the main thing is, if you notice it, then something has to be said. You know, we got way too many hotlines, way too many child protective services for way too many police out here to, for... For us to be allowing the situation to still be causing so much damage in our community and too many people are being killed over it, you know. So if you know someone or the situation is getting violent or your home, if you're a teenager and you don't know where to turn, there are numbers to, to turn. There are people to call. And I'm not saying, oh, go to church and talk to a minister. No, call a number. Call a hotline. And, and we look up everything else on our phones. We look up all this drama. We look up all these TikToks and, and, and Instagrams. And we look up Amazons and everything else. Go on Google and when your community, look up the hotline. That's for your community and get the help that you need. And if not for you, for somebody that you may know. Because too many of us know women that have been beat or abused or in the current situation of being beat and abused. And not just women, some men. And if you're a man and you got a woman that's laying hands on you and stuff, let somebody know. Because the moment you hit back, it could be devastating. You know, you could lose everything you have. You know, it, it could be a situation where somebody bring out a part of you that you didn't even know you had in you. So if you're a man and you're getting beat down or you've been abused or you got a woman poking and prodding you and coming at you a certain kind of way to where it's abusive, verbal abuse and whatnot. Let somebody know. Get some help. You know, ain't nobody above God helping you. Ain't nobody above what you can do for yourself. And if and I know some people that have been threatened, oh, if you leave me I'll kill you. You ain't going nowhere. You ain't being with nobody but me. I know some women who've had kids with people and anytime they try to move on in a relationship, this old baby daddy trying to fight the new guy. If you know people like that, let somebody know. Please let somebody know. We, we in the 2020 now. If you're being abused, bullied, if you're being threatened in any shape, form, or fashion, get some help. You know, get some help. Uh, we're going to go ahead and end the show here. Uh, once again, shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs and the <clears throat> San Francisco 49ers for making it to the Super Bowl. Now, we'll follow a few more teams this week as far as NBA. We'll do another show down in the middle of the week to get into a few more topics. 
and just thanks thanks to everybody for tuning in thanks to everybody for listening in whether it be on Anchor Spotify like I said we'll be coming to iTunes relatively shortly uh, happy birthday to more than a few people coming up my grandma um, my cousin Candace um, <laughs> and if I get, forget some people please forgive me um uh, we got a few people at church whose birthdays were today. Just happy birthday to all you guys. Um, and just thanks. Thanks for everybody for being so supportive and with the podcast and doing what y'all do with the music and stuff like that. And like I say, this is this is a labor of love. We're not here to make this thing to get paid or nothing like that. We're just here to share our love of sports and, and just... Trying to help somebody out. Somebody hear this and they help you. Leave a comment, concern. Y'all leave comments for these relationship questions. And we're going to have a show dedicated to just relationships, just real talk, you know. And we're, that, that'll be coming up very soon and shortly. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And, you know, we'll be seeing you soon. Thank you.